Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Look, I don't want to waste your time too much with this, but God, you can get Magma, our engineering presentation at sospresents.com. I'm not going to tell you again that it's at sospresents.com. Hello and welcome, Hello and welcome to, welcome to Two in the Think Tank, mm. the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. I'm Alistair. And I'm Andy George William Tromblay Birchall. A g'day. G'day, mate. G'day to all of you. And, um, you know, I was um, petting my alligator the other day. Okay. Because <laughs> even an alligator with no emotions needs love. Yes. Although, did you see that video of those guys who were getting hassled by that crocodile? Yeah, and they're just pushing it away. Just get out of here, yeah. mate. We're being but bothered. Did you hear the the backstory of it? That he that he knows this alligator, and it's apparently vulnerable. No, it's not an. Al- oh, I'm sorry. It's not an alligator. It's a croc. It's a crocodile. Yeah, and it had been it had been somehow rejected from <laughs> from being with the other crocs, and it was kind of needy. <laughs> Yeah, needy to feedy. That's that's. <laughs> <laughs> I, and and I don't know if they that meant that they didn't need to fear this one, mm-hmm. but it seemed like it being that close to you and then opening its mouth. That, <laughs> but it's like it's like it was attacking. Yeah, in a really self conscious way with no <laughs> confidence whatsoever. You don't have to get into my mouth if you don't want to. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and. And and if you want me to go away, I will. <laughs> That's what I want in a reptile. A, in, a, in a killer reptile is a little bit of humility. A little yeah. low self-esteem, baby. Is, well, most pre- predators are overconfident. Mm, mm. And they don't really think. They're really kind of being quite selfish and don't think about what the prey wants. Mm-hmm. Personal space is not a big part of it. Like, it's all very well to no. bite into somebody, but I feel like just by going close to a victim, you're already, in a way, attacking them. Because you d- That's true, yeah. The, the attack starts way before the attack does. Now, I don't, I don't know how this would work, Alistair, and this may not scan and this may not be PC, strictly speaking, PC, Alistair, but I reckon okay, we could do okay. a, a hilarious parody of sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to say woke, I'm going to say sort of lefty stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Where, oh, now it's, it's, it's wild animals, right? Yep. Tigers and lions, etc. But now before yeah. they attack the prey, they have to get its consent. You see? And it's a parody sure. of um, 
sex. <laughs> oh, sort of yeah. legal sex. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you could you could apply the same kind of, you know, uh, sort of caring about other people's feelings stuff mm. um, to to animal attacks and saying what's wrong with, you know, descri- basically, I guess it would be replacing a sort of animal narrator. Yes. Animal documentary narrator with um, sort of keeping in mind uh, either real modern things like, you know, uh, taking up space and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh you know absolutely you know this one you know it's performing a microaggression <laughs> on the antelope <laughs> yeah yeah that's good you know and um you know and then absolutely you know and then then you know and also probably you could put some gender stuff in there if you want mm. you know gosh go for it you know, and uh, in terms of, you know, the roles that they're taking and how toxic it is that the male lion stays back while the females hunt. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's emotional labor uh, as well that the mm. the female lions have to do. Now, we I think that we could do this by lean, if we lean into it in the right way, we can do this, pull this off as a parody of the the sort of the right wing attitude to these things. You know, if we make well, it, because uh, it seems like, or superficially, it's a parody of progressive politics. But if we sure. do it in the right way, we can flip that parody around and have it the other way. Or we could just do right wing comedy. Because then the conservative. Sorry? Or we could just do right wing comedy. That's fine as well. Well, I know, but I think, I think if. The reason why your idea is good oh. is because is because the right wing people can't tell when you're making fun That's of their right. side. <laughs> and so and they so they enjoy the comedy at face value. So they get to have a laugh as well, is what you're you're saying. Yeah. And I completely and possibly pay us for it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. We get to Feel like we're on the right side of history while still making those dirty dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, you know what I've actually had. Look, this is going to be boring, I think, but I have listened to the who's the guy who wrote that book about with the with the ten thousand hours, Malcolm Gladwell's Malcolm Gladwell. revisionist history. Mm. And there was an episode on satire that our friend Steph brought you to ask me to listen yes. to, and then because we were going to talk about, and he talks about sort of what is kind of good satire and bad satire in a way, and then that the kind of the good satire is kind of I guess stuff that was kind of like Colbert Report, and uh, and uh, probably like also like what's what's the other one there that's still around now Daily, Daily Show, Show and things like that because they they skewer, you know, these issues and they kind of, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he talks about other things that were not good. That, um, and I think, and then refers to them as kind of being ineffective and things mm. like that. And But I think, and then I think also there was the guy who wrote Four Lions. What's his name again? The, Chris uh, Morris. Chris Morris. He did an interview on the BBC at some point where he was talking about, you know, satire that doesn't let, you know, that doesn't let them off. Like, you know, you can, yeah. uh, that doesn't let that anyway. 
I think what all these people are forgetting is that all of that comedy, even the good, strong satire, is completely ineffective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, and, I did a tweet to this effect recently when they were talking about, there was that story about how the BBC was going to have more right-wing comedians. And I, mm. and I tweeted, Alastair, that uh, hopefully the right-wing comedians will be effect- as effective at keeping the left-wing out of power as the left-wing comedians <laughs> have been with the right. Um, oh, that's and, good, Andy. Oh, I, should, I, sh- I should go back and retweet well, that. Well, thank you. In a way, I just have retweeted it by forcing it upon all the listeners. I've re-speaked it. And well, that's, that, looked, that, that reminds me of another tweet that I did. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Uh, this new podcast that we do, which is Andy and Al read their tweets, um, which was saying that if a tweet goes well, you should be able to go on tour and take it to small theaters around the country and mm, read it out. Indeed. This was a tweet you did, I believe, today or possibly yesterday. Yeah, or yesterday. Mm. And it didn't go that good, but I'm, <laughs> you've, I'm you've taking had it on tour, baby. a lot of solid hits, though, recently, Alistair. Like, they're not getting the massive retweet like things but like we're talking good like you know over 100 likes pretty consistent you know scores oh, sure the- i'm definitely I'm, I'm hitting over 60 you know maybe on a at least on a weekly basis andy yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm i'm breaking these kind of numbers the, i mean it, 60 that's like a classroom full of children <laughs> with the way things are going these days uh, school funding <laughs> etc 60 kids in a class all my nightmares um, involve being tricked into going back to teach high school. Have I told you this? Every single nightmare no. I have, in some way, I am back teaching high school. They invite me along for some function or something, and I go like an idiot. And then when I get there, I have to teach a class. And it's always, you know, for some reason, it's all of year seven. And there's, you know, 120 kids, and I haven't prepared a yeah. lesson. And it's... Uh, like it's cold sweat material. I wake up. So let's say in a that panic. does happen. <laughs> let's let's say that does happen, and you're tricked, right? And you're there now. You've got mm. it's your you know it's an assembly sized yes classroom, um and uh, you know an audience that you've got. Mm. Now you are now employed because they got you there and through some techni- technicality. There's a, there's what a can you do? What can you do now when in this class that you're going to teach within this one class? Mm. to lose your job <laughs> so that you can I don't know, but I do have quite a, a funny visual in my mind of me dragging yeah. out a TV, like one of those little little CRT TVs that you could all just mm. peer at while you're in a class of 20, right, at, at, yeah. at high school. But I'm dragging it out in front of, you know, 300 a thousand kids at assembly down the front there <laughs> and putting on a VHS uh, about sodium. Of Jumanji. No. <laughs> yeah, Jumanji. Great. Okay, I guess if I was going to lose my job, I guess I would start, I would start, you know, low, keep the bar low. I'd just start rubbing my nipples, both of them, with... <laughs> Each hand. This is the thing, though, Alastair. You want to lose your job, but you don't want to get on a list. You don't want to go to prison, right? No, of course. No, no, no. But n- nipples is not is not erotic, is it? 
Well, they're not, they're if not you're, exposed. As long as you're rubbing your nipples and consistently saying, I'm feeling nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I could say, I'm not, I'll say, I'm not rubbing my nipples. I've got pimples here. And, okay, great. And I uh, suppose, And I'm working it up for my wife to... to to, to squeeze it out later. I'm working it up. Yeah. You massage it to the surface. Mm-hmm. To the brink of yeah. eruption. I'm getting it. Now, if that doesn't... I mean, I guess obviously that's not going to... But if it's an assembly type scenario, um, there might be other teachers there. And that's how... You know, really, do kids get you fired or is it other teachers? I think, you know, if... I think if there's one thing that we've been taught by hideous lessons from history... It's mm. as as long as adults don't listen to the children, you can get away from with a lot of stuff for a long period of time. Sure. So it's going to take more than the nipples. I think, Alastair, that you know, as long as you're rubbing your nipples and it's a non-sexual thing, you know, maybe you could prove that by taking down your trousers and exposing your clearly non um, non erect genitalia. But then, doesn't that put you on the list you were saying that you well, didn't no, want to be I on? No, but I think that you, I, I, I don't think people can take you at your word that it's not an erotic when you're rubbing your nipples, unless you also show everybody that you yeah. aren't. But then, do I, it. do I say that that's also a pimple? <laughs> no, that's also a pimple. <laughs> I'm and just, the I'm, police look, come. I'm sure we're going to find it. We're going to find a sketch in this somewhere. They and. And they look closely in front of the whole class. You're standing there and the police arrive. Still still there, everyone's still watching. And the police come and they look really closely and they say, it's okay, everyone. It is a pimple. <laughs> He's not a pervert. He's got acne. <laughs> they, I just, Why are you just showing the way everybody your pimples? Picturing, picturing the cops sort of hitching up those blue pants of theirs a bit and just squatting down two of them either side of you and having a real good look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a pimple. <laughs> I guess it Carry would help on. if it had a white tip. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I think you've pulled this off too effectively and now you no longer... You, you, you're not going to lose your job, unfortunately. Well, no, I'm not going to lose my job. So now we have to go to something else. Yeah. yeah. I think um, starting a fire. Mm. Yeah, starting a fire is really good. I mean, yeah. Um, I think just acting really erratically. Yes. Yes. You know? Like, I think if you did just yell, Baby's on fire! Baby's on fire! Mm. Like that. And then maybe you you banged dusters together down the down the aisles where the students are sitting, shouting consistently. Babies on fire. Yeah. Hmm. No. Well, I mean, I'm 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 wondering where this is relevant apart from in my dream where I'm forced to teach, you know. And I think it could be in a um in a situation where 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 we do have. Teaching is is now a conscription thing, yeah, right? And you want to be able to leave, but could you could you just say first words out of your mouth? I am thinking of murdering you all. Yeah, <laughs> I won't. Like, I mean, in terms of losing a job, do you think that's enough? 
You know what I reckon you, you say, need to do? You need to find another teacher. A couple of you teacher. go and tell the principal. I think you need to find another teacher and threaten them, right? Because <laughs> I think you can't... It's not enough to threaten the children. Well, no, I think it's too much to threaten the children. It crosses a line, but we're forgetting that there's all these adults who don't have any innocence to protect. And... Sure. You know, I th- I think that's probably the safest way. You know, target the adults, target the buildings. <laughs> you mean like take an axe to the to like the the bricks? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe try and just like knock out or you know knock out most of a support beam. <laughs> is um and is conscription teaching anything, Alistair? Is that conscription teaching is something? I think cons- conscription other jobs is mm. definitely something. You. Yeah, that um, is really interesting that, you know, that there's that sort of lottery where they roll, the you know, you, you, they pick out your birth date or something. Is that how they did it with the Vietnam War? Yeah. I picture I it being so, yeah. televised I mean, at the end of the news with a big ball and it is like the Powerball. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's exactly how they did it, but... <laughs> I Imagine that, because there would, there would be some people who would have, like, a few kids mm. and... On one thing, much like winning the lotto, much like there's always somebody who wins the lotto, not always, but you know, a lot of the time, in in unbelievable odds, they could have five kids who are conscripted, cons- conscripted into teaching mm. um, in the one night. Yeah, and they all, all I mean, go off. I guess off. we're not that far. Yeah. And they pack their bags and they put their, <laughs> I guess they pack their apple mm. and their sort of suspenders and... Chalk. And do they, I guess, and then they live. They live there. Yeah, I guess they still come home in the evenings. It's just that they have to yeah. be teachers. <laughs> yeah, but then also when they come home, they have to do work. It's just such teachers, a eh? stressful job. There is so much pressure, and I really didn't like doing it. Do you think being a music teacher would be easier? I, you know what? I reckon it would be because you don't have. I, I, presu- oh, I was going to say there's nothing, no home my homework to take home to Mark, but yeah, there probably would be. There probably is as well. Probably they theory. find a way. They find a way to make you give homework. We could have in in Australia now. We're probably getting close to needing to conscript people to pick fruit because there's no backpackers to do it. Mm. Yeah, because it's such a useless industry that nobody wants to be involved in. Well, that no, you know, farmers don't want to pay people properly. Yeah, and <laughs> but you know, they but, want to pay you by the punnet or something. But does that ultimately then come back to the fact that nobody wants to, um, nobody wants to pay more for fruit? Like I, I, it. So, so what ha- needs to happen is we need to pay more for fruit, so that they pay more. How how does the whole how does the whole damn thing work? How does the whole damn system work? It's probably that it's probably that uh potentially maybe that supermarkets don't want to pay more. Right. But and they have such a stranglehold. But then that that hasn't set up this system in the first place because there are other industries that don't have backpackers to do the work for them. Is it because it when it's seasonal work like that that you know there's only a fruit season for half the year there's just nothing for these people to do for the other half of the year so you can't have it as a career so it's 
might even be less about the amount that you get paid and more about the reality of doing it. You can't do it all year round, so you can't make a career of it. So there's just no workforce, no consistent workforce. So you have to get people in other ways. You'd, what we need yeah. is a job that only happens during the winter months, right? That when there's no fruit and nothing to be picked, we need another industry that picks up at the exact time when the fruit's all gone. And, you know, whether that be like everybody hires an umbrella holder, their own person who runs around holding their umbrella, right? And those that can be what the fruit pickers do for the other half of the year. Better still, it would be something that involves the exact same um, physical motions, you know, that employs the skills that these people have. Yeah, I mean, what they tend to do is they just go from one season of fruit to another type of fruit. There's no winter fruit. Surely there's no winter fruit. Are there winter fruit? I think there's winter fruit. We live in Australia. It's not that cold a winter. I, I guess there's fruit all year round. Probably lettuce, <laughs> you know? Lettuce or like cauliflower. Vegetables. I think all the, all the I'd fruit, forgotten about vegetables. All the things that are in season in the winter. Pumpkins. Winter foods, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, is conscription other jobs a sketch? I think conscription other jobs is absolutely a sketch, Alastair. Yes. You know, and I think even even to apply it to um to even in wartime, you know, imagine that you also got conscripted to be doctors or something like that. Like, you know, not mm. not that you were just being conscripted to be a um uh Maybe there's a Powerball one where you like get conscripted to be the the head of the army, the major general or something like that, not just for grunt work. Sure. But then you've if your birth date is on the big golden ball, which they pull out right at the end, then you're you're the head of the army and you're some nobody. Who has to then go and do but then it? And if like if like three people win it, yeah, which I guess there'd be a lot of people who have the same birthday, probably more than three. All right, well then it's your exact birth time, which is just as important. Sure, which is very important, and mm. and family all know this. Yeah, <laughs> all know the. Um, it's funny because then it makes you think that the lottery is like being conscripted into being a rich person. Mm. Every day. Your exact birth time happens, and we never celebrate it. You know, once a year your birthday happens, but every day your birth time occurs, mm. your birth second, and it would be it's nice true. just to have some micro, micro celebration. Micro celebration. Is that too? You much should have like a, just a hat in your pocket. Pop it on party hat. Yeah. Pop it on. Pop it on. Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> you could have some carbs. <laughs> Um. All right, Alastair. Conscription. Other jobs <laughs> yeah, Andy, we have we've been going real slow. Real today. slow. My God. Hey, here's a thing that I want to know. How can I ever, ever, ever develop a working understanding of daylight savings? All I want to know is which way it goes and when and what that means in practice for my sleep relative to my children's sleep and the clock relative to that and. 
I can never, Andy, ever get my head around it. It's just one of those problems that's too... It's simple but very complex. It seems and, intractable. <laughs> and it's just... The mind can't get around it. And there's no point trying. It's just... You just allow yourself to struggle for... Why do we need to know on that first day I, whether or not we've gained an hour or lost an hour? <laughs> it's... It's not. Nothing has happened, really. <laughs> but, I, but but I do like like in the in the whole the whole day beforehand. I sort of half spending half my time sort of half focused on the task of trying to imagine what <laughs> what will happen in the morning and whether the boys will wake up. You know, and I guess the thing is that will it doesn't change anything for my my body clock still the same their body clock is still the same it's just that the clock has changed relative to that and it it you know there's a good two three hours of mild background panic that i have on that preceding day Mm -hmm. and what i want is i guess some sort of little thing maybe it would be made from wood maybe this is already exists in chinese culture i feel like it probably does Right, and what it is is like there'd be a diagram, maybe of a squirrel on one side and a dragon on the other, and there's two discs, and you sort of spin them, and then there's some little lines that line up, and then then there's like a a proverb that that I think there just needs to be an image. (laughs) It's an image that explains it so that your mind can grasp it. Well, I guess that's what I was getting to with my two disc squirrel dragon and the dragons, and then there's lines, and then a. And then a wheelbarrow filled with <laughs> muck, and then it drops it there, and then yeah. after it drops it, you've got more muck. But then, exactly. <laughs> but then on, on the other exactly. on the, when something you, to they, explain say, leaves, it simply. The, something the, to the, just the, 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 the wheelbarrow of muck comes and actually takes muck out of your hands <laughs> and puts it in the wheelbarrow, <laughs> and then obviously the muck is fed to the dragon. <laughs> Just something that puts my mind at ease. Yes, correct. Um. Anyway. Yeah. I look. I I agree that that's there's something there. Mm. Um. But are we coming? Like, what is it? How do we? I mean, I think that there's something fun in talking about this. Right. We're um, having a goodish time. Yeah. Uh, could there I be mean, an institute? I really feel for like you, you just have to take it. You gotta take it. Don't struggle with it, Andy. Stop trying to wrestle with it. Stop trying to understand it. It's just, it can't be grasped. And I think that's what I tell myself every single year, but then it comes around and I panic again. I just. Yeah, I understand. I just want to feel in control. And the thing is, it doesn't happen often enough for me to get to grips with it. It always feels like a surprise. It happens in the middle of the night. You know, yeah, <laughs> trying to like it's trying to trick you exactly. You know, and I think it, it should happen in the middle of the day, and there should be if you know an hour long radio broadcast where someone with a calm voice explains to you exactly what's happening and talks you through the changing of the clock. I mean, that the total alteration of our system of time. Shouldn't be something that happens while you're asleep. Should be done out in the open, with full accountability should, and We should all be forced to look at the clock yeah. while it's happening. <laughs> exactly. You know that your phone, everybody's phone, should ring, 
or or maybe like the you know one of those war sirens mm. could happen. Okay, and then that's the sign that you've got to look at the clock, and then all the clocks. But then we would have to give government control to all our clocks. Yeah, maybe there should be someone who comes around. Maybe this could be something that fruit pookers do when they're not picking fruit, but they come mm. around like someone would come around to read your gas meter. They come around mm. to check your clock, right? And they, they, there's a person in every house in the country, an employee in every house in the country for the mm-hmm. changing of the clock. And yep. they're there for a full hour as well as this takes place. And they can answer all your questions about daylight savings. <laughs> <laughs> They've got they're a. They're there for the whole. They're there for the whole hour that yeah. you either gain or lose. Exactly, and they, to to talk you down. <laughs> Whenever the panic starts to rise again, they can answer your questions. They've got like they've got a very impressive uniform, as befits a time lord, which is basically what they of are. Of course, yeah. They've got a you know basically a big bear keeper hat, or what's the what do bear what do you call those hats that not bear keeper beef beef eater. What are those big hats Beefy. that they wear at the Tower of London? Sure. Big fluffy hat. One of those. No, oh, that's not the Tower of London. I don't think the big fluffy oh. hats. I think those ones that are, those are kind of like big tall hats, beef eater ones. Right. Not not the fluffy ones, though. I want the fluffy one. Yeah. Oh, okay. And no, maybe the, there's a the clock in eaters, it. I think beef eaters have a hat. Let me see. Just beef eater hat. Oh, maybe that is a beef eater. But no, I thought the beef eater was <laughs> the silly one. Yeah, but you're thinking of the British Royal Guard. Right, the BRG. Booth Raider Ginsburg. My, my, uh, my wife's dad was a British Royal Guard. Really? Yeah. Yeah, my cousin was a footman to the Queen. One of her butlers I, rode on the back of the carriage. I think my, I think my grandfather's real dad... He cared for horses for one of the princes and would go riding with him or king or something. Really? Apparently that's what oh, you've yeah, got to do if you want to have that. sex with Queen Victoria. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe he did. Oh. Well, he had an Ill- Ill- illegitimate child with his, with his. Um, I think the lady who took the care of his children. And that's LSD. where my grandfather came Are from. Are you the rightful heir to the throne? Uh, I asked my dad. He's he's talked to one of that guy's children, or or grandchildren, and she doesn't seem to think that there's much money. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a shame. But she does live in Cyprus now, and I don't know if that's a thing you do when you have lots of money. But I saw a photo of some schnitzel there, and it was very big. <laughs> I think we've talked about the size of the Cip- the Cypriot schnitzel uh, on the yeah. show before. I could be wrong, but <laughs> I feel like the topic of enormous schnitzels is one that we have discussed. And yeah, I'd- yeah. Well, I think I think in maybe in in Europe, it's more of a sign of status to have big big schnitzel. Mm. Mm. Um, whereas here, I think the schnitzel that they make is kind of, you know, relatively, you know, it's made so that it can sort of fit on a plate and yeah. have other things on there as well. Yeah. And so you can see that class is less of an issue here, I think. Well, that's interesting because I also think of, um, Australian food 
you know, much like the country as being, you know, large, you know, that we ha- because we have more space, we have larger portions mm. over here. I imagine in Cyprus being an island, um, you know, space is limited and uh, you probably evolved to have smaller plates and smaller meals so that you're not banging your elbows against each other as you gather around the table. It's interesting that that's your theory because I think my theory is the opposite. I think that we don't have that big a portion here. They're not served that big. And I think that maybe on a small, and that's maybe because we are such a big island, and then, and we have nothing to prove. <laughs> Whereas the, in, in Cyprus, yes, they are a very small island, and they need to show off mm-hmm. how big they are, and they do that in, by smashing down their pork or chicken very flat, so that it's very wide. These are these are both really good theories about mm. a very interesting and important issue. And I'm well, glad that, that we're getting pa- all this out there. I think that there's a paper that could be written. And mm-hmm. I know a paper is not quite a sketch, but a sketch can start out as a paper. There you go. And and it could be the uh, the the relationship between schnitzel, the average schnitzel, schnitzel size in a country. Yes. And, um, you know, a country's, you know, uh, self-worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The... Uh the esteem to portion ratio. There are. That's right. I know that you can get examples of both island dwarfism and island gigantism in animals. For example, on the island of Flores, that's where the um, Homo floresiensis, floresiensis, um, was the little hobbit people. That species of yeah. hominids that were very small, but then. On whatever that island is where you get the Komodo dragon, possibly Komodo Island, they are very, very big. It can go either way. Mm. And so it is with schnitzel. And so it is. Mm. Anyway. So I don't know. Is there a sketch in that? <laughs> uh, was there we'll anything? Call this episode Dead Ends. Was, was there anything in the, uh, the Daylight Savings thing? The... Well, look, I wrote down daylight saving understanding. Yeah. Um, and I think it could just be somebody, it's daylight savings again, and they're struggling to remember what that means. No, right? I think it's the people who come around to your house and spend a full hour there with you talking you through it and have a big uniform. Oh, yeah, there's the spend the hour. I think um, that's got to be it. But could it be... Could it be that, that it's a person struggling with it? And so we get to see the struggle and then we get to see this transformation as a new solution comes out. Mm. And we get, right. do we get to see and the stress fall from their shoulders? Maybe some of their hair grows back. Yes. On their They're shoulders. Very, they become very hairy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> All their hair grows back. Even that little peach fuzz that you know is on you when you're a baby. I mean, has a baby peach? And we, we, where there are all these theories about why human beings don't have hair all over their bodies like other apes. Has anybody examined the idea that it could be stress, that it's all it's, just fallen really good... off because of the, the 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 complicated lives that we lead that begin in the womb? That would make sense, and then you would then you could sort of work backwards and figure out actually which ones are the calmest animals by which ones are the hairiest ones. Mm. 
I would say maybe the yak would be the calmest. They seem calm. Yeah. They seem calm. And yeah. the woolly mammoth would have been very calm, and that would explain why maybe they're all gone. Yes. <laughs> they're too calm to fight, you know, and then probably the giant sloth. That sounds like it probably would have been a calm animal, as we know the the sloth itself is quite calm. That giant mm. sloth that would have been wiped out when mm. humans arrived in South America. Unless the reason that they move slowly is because they're paralyzed by stress. No, 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 no. That's the opposite. They're very hairy because they're calm. Mm. Yes. And it's the stressed animals that yes. have no hair. I was just for no reason proposing an alternative theory that adds nothing uh. and quite possibly stymies your attempt to go anywhere with this idea, Alistair. Come on. Well, I mean, I did a similar thing by telling you you, your theory about schnitzels was wrong (laughs) and by proposing the opposite thing. So maybe you thought that this is some new format that we have. Yeah, I guess so. Where we come in and then we say to the person, yes, and agree. And then we say, but the opposite of your idea. Yeah. What if it was the opposite? What if an an alternative that also isn't funny? What if that? Yeah. What if nothing? (laughs) What if silence? Well, Andy, Andy, I don't know. Like mine, I mean, obviously mine wasn't funny in a ha-ha way or even in a quiet way <laughs> where you kind of just acknowledge that it's funny to yourself. Mm. But, you know, maybe. I mean, are what 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 other hairless animals are there? Fish? Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Fish, um, whales, uh, the elephant. Whales, but they kind of have like, they kind of have hair in their mouth, don't they? Uh, no, no, they don't. No. Baleen. Baleen, isn't that just inner hair? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think no? that's weird teeth. I think what you're describing there is just real messed up weird teeth. I mean, it's a bit hairy, hair-like, but it's still made mm. from essentially te- tooth material. Yeah. But then I think once I, once you like, you look back at like the evolution of certain things, then you go like, actually like teeth... Might have started as scales or something like that, and then it's just some scales that moved in. Yeah, you're right. There is going to be and 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 hair probably also came from scales as well. So either way, yeah. there's an uncomfortable middle period in which yes, you either Where? have scales or hair in your mouth. You can't yeah. you can't get away from that. You can't erase that from. <sighs> From history, the missing links. And maybe we should stop yeah. looking for them because yeah, they're disgusting. They're probably going to be horrible. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But what about somebody who's born and they are, for some reason, they've awoken their missing link gene? No. And instead of teeth, they have hair in their mouth. Oh, my God. So all around the gum, there mm-hmm. is a fringe of hair. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It just kind of, it kind of just falls, like, you know, it, it goes kind of straight down. But mm. the longer it gets, and goes also straight up. Mm. But the longer it gets, I guess, the more floppy and paintbrush-like it is. Mm. 
and then eventually it's very long if you don't cut it. Now, um, I think it to me it's quite like head hair, but it could be more fuzzy like beard hair or something like that. But I also I guess, don't yeah, feel rigid, good about yeah. this being um, something that we you have from birth. Because then we've got to inflict this on a baby and then a child, and I, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, no, yeah, I feel yeah, much better first about you have it your being baby a here. metamorphosis thing where uh, you know somebody wakes up one day and they have well, hair teeth. Maybe, yeah, but babies aren't born with their teeth either. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yeah, you know, so it's you know like six months in or something like that, they start kind of growing teeth. If you, and they would start growing their hair. If you did have this, yeah, you know, hair hair gums, how would you mm. try and deal with that? I wonder if you could get some kind of a product, some kind of a gel or something like that. Mm. So you Make could it really style, hard. yeah, style your teeth into yeah. or your or your hair into a kind of a ridge-like teethy kind sure. of thing. Maybe if you kind of used a wax to wax them down to a point, kind of like the Beckham yeah. used to do on okay. the top of his head, <laughs> sort of have that triangular peak, yeah. Um, but downwards like that, you might be able to, depending on, you know, you might have to use something stronger than a wax, maybe like an epoxy resin or something like mm. that. And then sort of, I guess, just cure it with like UV light in your thing. I think I've seen people wear UV light in their mouths for... Um, for teeth whitening yep. or something like that. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you use that to harden your teeth. And you could just, you know, like obviously it'll it'll work until the hair grows out a bit more and then that that root will be pretty floppy. I suppose you, you know, I mean, uh, to get basic with you, you could just shave it and then wear false teeth. But that's really... Yeah, or you could shave it and... Wear a wig. Sort of get... Wear, yeah, or like wear... Wear false hair in there <laughs> yeah. that is like, it looks like hair, mm. but it's much more rigid. It's a thicker bristle. This hasn't been done, as far as I'm aware, in a horror movie. I mean, I my my familiarity with horror movies is limited in that I haven't seen almost any of them because I'm too scared because of the name of the movie. Because <laughs> um, of movie. Mm, movie. That makes me uncomfortable. Because you, you don't like uh, motion. That's right. Um, I find that terrifying. But uh, it seems like something that would be like, you know, you imagine somebody turns around, right? Yeah. In a movie, in a horror movie. They open their mouth, out all this hair falls. Terrifying. But like long hair that's long maybe hair. braided or like, or like, or like uh, you know, dreadlocks. I imagine it quite straight. So like, quite straight. But dreadlocks, oh my God. Awful. Well, you know, because if it's, if it's just kind of like mushing together from when you chew and stuff like yeah. that, I guess you'd always be chewing on your hair a little bit. Yeah, You'd probably then cough up hair. And maybe at some point it would be so tangled mm. that you wouldn't be able to kind of like completely open your mouth. And you probably have to just like, you know, th- sort of throw a spoonful of soup <laughs> in through the hair. Well, then you can get a knife and you can just slice across. Yeah, once it gets... Too much, but you know you don't want to be putting a knife, you know, all sharp the knife time. Too much you're into right. your mouth. Yeah, sometimes you just ch- throw a throw some soup. Just throw some soup in there. You probably like just push kernels of corn through the gaps in the hair mm. and things like that. You'd probably then also get a bit of sustenance from all the hair you eat. 
I assume the body can digest it or or maybe you'd have hairballs. Am I right that ice creams are the only food that we lick? Ice uh, creams and icy poles? Is it lollipops? Lollipop, lollipops and toffee apples. Um, any any food that you want to claim as your own? Yes, true. True. So you could do that to a steak. You could um <laughs> There are you know, no I guess you could li- I'm just thinking there are no savory lickables. Is that right? Um, I mean, you know, there's no licking put, cheese. They 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 should make a licking stick. Yeah, like a licking steak or a licking cheese. Yeah, I think I guess you know, like yeah. like a kind of like a camembert type thing mm. is sort of approaching the kind of consistency where you could lick it like a like a like an ice cream. You know, have yeah, it on a savories. stick. Or like even a licking soup, you know, mm. like a like a soup pop. Yeah, so it's it's thicker, so it is a kind of a yeah, uh, an ice cream thickness. You know that you know we know we can get that consistency with um, with with like a, a mashed potato or something like that. So why not a mashed potato yeah. in a cone that's lickable? Soup, yeah. Or a lickable I mean, soup. but you, I think I think you can't just have it thick. I think it needs to be like it's it's got to be like a congealing or something like that, so that it still kind of keeps some of its liquidiness. Like yeah. if you're making a soup, yeah, if you're going to be able to be licking it off. Because let's say if you let's say you were you were making a, a liquid like a licking steak, yeah. Um, the trouble I guess is that the fibers in it are too fibrous, solid, yeah, in order to to sort of break off bits or or for I mean I suppose there's some erosion that occurs when you lick a steak but I think probably licking a steak to completion would probably take months if not um you know if not longer correct and do you think? less do you think if you lick a steak tongue, how long do you think you know eh? unless we enhance the tongue you know well if, that's true we could we embladen it yeah so you know that thing that you use for cutting the zest off a um, off a lemon that's like a little, oh. like a tiny little grater thing that has mm. just a series of little holes along the end there on a yeah. bent bit of metal. You get one of those, you attach that to the end of the tongue. And yeah. what I'm picturing here is that the tongue, when you're young, they cut a little hole in it, right? And they put mm-hmm. in one of those sort of uh, Apple-style maglock magnets, Neodyna magnet or something like that. Yeah, now you great. can get attachments for the tongue. Okay, great. To I think you need a few of those. You need like maybe two at the back and one at the tip. Sure, sure. To 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 yeah. hold whatever it is you know, relatively place, rigid yeah. relative to the tongue. Yes, but then you'd also need a metal plate on the on the top palate, so that whatever blades you're putting in your mouth mm. <laughs> aren't f- cutting up your gums at the top. Well, I think you only keep it on while you're eating and you, you know, like like we learn how to not bite the fork when we're putting a fork in our mouth, you'd learn not well, to slice your own mouth no, with but the... Think about this. Think about this. Okay. Let's say you've got a steak on a stick. Yeah. Right? I think right. it's even, so you've got... you know, you're using, maybe you're holding the bone. Um, maybe. Yeah. But I think it'd be nice if, the, you know, like it's a, you can go to a vendor, you know, he's got, he's got a nice stick. Mm. Maybe it's a waffle stick, mm. you know. Sure, you can pay extra for waffle, you know, and uh, and then he's just you know he's he's maybe coiled curled it into a ball for you, right? 
And then, so now you've got your grater tongue. Yeah. Okay. And then you run it along it like that. And then all those little bits of steak are now stuck in the little holes mm. in the blade, mm. right? In, inside the, the grater that's on your tongue. Yeah. And they're now underneath the grater, mm. which is now... In, but so they're stuck between the grater and, the tongue. and your tongue. So then as you bring it in, now you've got to suck yes. backwards yes. in order to get those chunks out of there. And that sucking pressure reduces the amount of space in your mouth, yes. which then pushes... The, the tongue against the, the blade blade bits up against your your roof. That's what you're saying, and 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 in order to get enough suction to move meat, you're probably going going to have to completely evacuate that mouth cavity. Mm. Yeah. Of and, and increase pressure so that those and so that's going to be a lot of pressure of blade onto top palate. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of effort to go to avoid using the teeth, but I think it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's here we are, I mean, finally working out a way for the mouth to cut meat. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's this is what it takes for evolutions in food. Sometimes it takes evolutions in mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like that we're we're making making the tongue more versatile. And it's crazy to me that before, you know, that we are going. We're thinking about putting a computer chip in the human brain before we've even put a single magnet in the human tongue. Yeah, before we've put a single blade on the human tongue. Mm. It seems insane. Uh, I'm, you know, you know, I'm. Think about this. You could have, you could have, uh, you know, one of those egg slicers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I you know, know those things. All the blades. It's sort all of the like wires you know, whatever. some blades that go up and some blades that go down. Yep. Well, you put some of those blades on your tongue, some of the blades on the roof, on your palate, and then you just put a whole egg in your mouth, a boiled egg, like that. And you just one bite down, and it's, you know, in six pieces. And, and I guess you could just, you could toss one each, each one back at a time into the throat without mm-hmm. even needing to sort of use your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Because an egg is, you know, it probably doesn't really need to be chewed. You know, and we're not teaching you how to suck eggs, but no. we will have to after you get this equipment installed. Yeah, suck egg pieces. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, that's a different. That's of course you got to teach somebody how to do that. Yeah, but that egg's been shelled. Do people suck eggs? Does anybody suck eggs? When. I mean, this but, is an expression, right? I'm not teaching your grandma to suck eggs, or yeah, I'll teach your grandma to suck eggs now. Yeah, what? What? I think so. Why would she be? Is she sucking raw eggs through a straw? Is she a bodybuilder, or is? I think it's a nice, it's a good snack. I think once you get around this idea that you know you shouldn't eat raw egg, yeah. This idea. Then suddenly, like, I mean, people have raw eggs in smoothies and stuff all the time and in movies and stuff. Yep. Um, yep. And you eat. I think there's no reason the why you can't, you can't just go to work, you know, on a work site or something like mm. that with just, with just a skewer and a yeah. dozen eggs, <laughs> you know, and just pop two holes, one in the top, one in the bottom, and then just. So. That. 
you are on a work site, and where do you have these sort of raw eggs? Do you just have them loose in your pockets? Yeah, I guess you could have them loose in your pockets, or you can have them in, you know, it's like it doesn't matter. You can sit it anywhere. Sit it under a bench. Just bring, I mean, you don't have to have a basket. You can just bring the carton. (laughs) And just Just smash a a cool dozen at at lunch. uh, You know, and if you're hungry, an 18-pack. Yep. I love you know, it. And if the flavor is is of any problems, just have it with some gum. <laughs> oh, oh that's, that's really hit home for me, Al. That is something. Yeah, you know, just... You know, have gum either before, have it already in your mouth mm. as you're sucking it in there and just kind of... Mm. Like that and swallow everything but the gum. Yeah. Or... Just save up a nice piece for when you're done, you know, sucking your day's eggs. We spend a lot of time um, trying to make food taste better and mm. no time at all trying to make our tongue taste less. You know, why not a little mm-hmm. little tongue condom that if you're, go- if you're going to eat or drink something that you know is going to be unpleasant or you don't even yeah. want to have to factor that in. Yeah, you know that you you just you just gag that tongue, you mask the tongue with a little oh. what's it, and that's no longer an issue. Think of all the time well, that you right. save in the day. You can now eat anything. And think about the you know like the a problem that people mention regarding say condoms mm. is that you you can't feel as much. Mm. Well, that's the same scenario here with this with this tongue covering but it's a it's an added benefit that's the you know that's a it allows you to have an egg you know and not have to enjoy any of the sensation yep not have to endure and and it's a bonus i think people are putting their condoms on the wrong part of their body there you go (laughs) (laughs) um and you could call it the taste bud. <laughs> the taste friend. Yeah, oh, that that's doesn't... better. Good. Um, taste buddy? I mean, taste bud is really good. No, but, yeah, uh... but, but taste friend, thats you've really got something there with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, but then the suggestion is what? That the taste is... Like, he's your taste friend, but he's the one who does all the tasting for you? Um, all right. Because it makes it... Or or does the sock itself, does the rubber sock that you put on your tongue itself have a taste? I guess just a taste that you want. And a texture. You could you could have it ribbed on the inside. Yeah, with a and flavoured. That you like <laughs> so you for get your tongue. A flavoured condom, okay, mm-hmm. you turn it... A ribbed flavoured condom... You turn that inside out. You put that over your tongue. Now you mm-hmm. can eat anything, and you're enjoying the flavor and the texture that you love, which is yeah, boysenberry delight and rib. Yeah, yeah and what rib? You love the texture rib, so rib. of like a rib. I guess yes, <laughs> like a single rib, just like a like the bone, one bone. Are you get. Okay, so this is a ribbed condom that tastes like ribs. 
Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love the taste of, you know, I love the taste of ribs, but I think um, you want a nice texture, something like, I mean, look, I, I agree. Maybe, I mean, if it's rib, if you're tasting, I guess, the the, the texture of the meat on the rib, mm. you know, it's probably been slow cooked and things like that. Yeah, I think that's a really pleasant uh, texture, but then it's still got some rigidity with because you're probably still also feeling the bone in there mm. and all and then that that extra structure would really help protect you from the sensation of the egg you're actually drinking yes <laughs> everything now tastes and feels like ribs if we, yeah, what I have like we that. got out of this Alistair? <laughs> Um, we actually do have some things. I think there's, there's a few things that I've written down at the beginning that don't feel like they're quite ideas, but I think we really started getting into ideas. I think once we mentioned hair teeth. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think we have enough. Uh, I'll, I'll take us. I don't know if you know this, but there's a section where we uh, we get three words from a listener. I'm intrigued. Who is on our Patreon, who by donating $3, they can get three words said out loud, uh, well, by us and their name. And uh, thank you to everybody who does this. And I'm sorry we don't get to everybody just yet. I mean, we have been getting to a lot of people, but I mean, there's a lot of people who have resubmitted words that we haven't got back to for a bit. And so I'm, I'm sorry for the just the wait, you know, that everybody's having to go through. I'm sorry um, too. But, but maybe that today's words are from uh, today's words are from Timothy, no last name. Mm. Hi Timothy. Timothy. It's wonderful Hi, to Timothy. hear from you. How are? Oh my goodness, what a dream! Um, and so, Andy, do you want to guess? Yeah. What Timothy's first yeah. word might be? Yeah, Grant. 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 No, but I think that that is a bit similar to one of the words in there. The w- first word is humorously. Yep. Okay. Uh, legume. No, the second word is sexy. Great, humorously, sexy, and I know that the last word has to be a little bit like Grant, unless you think that sexy is a bit like Grant. Maybe you know mm. a sexy Grant. Uh, That's I'm very possible. <laughs> humorously. Sexy earthworm. No, man. Right. Humorously. Which is a bit like Grant. Sexy man. Man. <sighs> yeah. I mean, isn't it interesting that um, so many comedians are uncomfortable with the idea of uh, attractive people doing comedy? Right? Yeah. Like, you do feel a little bit suspicious. And I think what hap- what we're realizing is that there's nothing that sexy that we can have that sexy people can't take away, and if as as the all the sec- all the traditional sexy jobs get filled, sexy yeah. acting, sexy fireman, and of yeah. course uh, sexy sexy worker. whale biologist, yeah, you're left. Um, only you know they start to overflow and occupy other niches in the that's right. uh, ecosystem. Well, there's people who are just professionally sexy. That's true. Yes, you know, and then there's sexy people in jobs mm. in sort of that are kind of like uh, normal jobs. Mm. You know, because that's when they they move out of that as there's no more room in the sexy 
just being sexy industry. Correct. Um, yeah, but then there's also a job that's quite. It feels like comedy is unsexy because mm. you're debasing yourself a lot. But yeah. then sexy people do come in, and then they 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 take over because then people want to give them opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> because people go well, e- even if it's not funny, I'm experiencing sexiness. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no. I mean, it's interesting, isn't there? It, it, there's there's no sort of circuit for you to try out being sexy, to work out how to get better at, at being sexy. You really do have to just learn that on the job, sort of in your everyday life, right? And everyday life is a job. Everyday. <laughs> well, it, when it comes to being sexy, it, yeah. it's 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 something that you you develop. Um. You know, uh, in the school of hard knocks, on the street. Yeah. Well, what's amazing is that you have to look in the mirror mm. and do things mm. that are sexy, and that means you have to look at yourself and do a move, and then go, "That was sexy because I was a little bit aroused." Yes. Right. And and then you refine that. So it, you, I mean, you can work it out at home, and then I guess you know try it in in in, in your everyday, but. I mean, I'm I'm picturing, I guess, a sort of an open mic, sexy circuit, where you can go and stand on stage in front of a group of people, not with a microphone, but just with a bit of space and a bit of a few eyeballs, and maybe a magnifying glass. Try some way exactly. Try some ways, things that you've been thinking of that might be sexy, <laughs> and people people can, you know, react. I think, I think, I mean, I went to, I went to, you know, I've rarely done this in my life, but I went to a strip club once. Yes. And it really felt like the first few acts were <laughs> open mic. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, you, this person is still learning. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're like, they're definitely trying to get better. But, but for me... I think to to think of somebody like it's strange that the magnifying glass isn't used <laughs> in in sexiness like in strip clubs and things like that because mm. you would think that there's all these parts of your body that are sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and what people find sexy is getting to see them. Yeah. But then right? you'll also notice and Alistair, then, that a then, lot of the time but once you take off but once you take off your clothes you can't show them anymore right unless you have a magnifying glass <laughs> and then and you know when obviously back when i was a stripper myself people used to think well you know i used to tell them i had a magnifying glass and people would think well that i was saying that because i had a tiny penis but no I know. it's just that i had a bigger penis when it was magnified <laughs> and, and everybody likes seeing a big penis well and but even not that it's seeing the regular penis in greater detail, right? That's right, yeah. Because uh, the you presumably, when you're as skilled mm-hmm. as you, I hear, were, Alistair, on the circuit, mm. you can, um, you're doing things that are more nuanced and more detailed, you know, with, within right. the, the sort of the overall um, canvas of the penis, the 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 
the work that goes on along that um, mm-hmm. is better appreciated in, in, in greater detail. Like, why wouldn't you want to see those and, and, and nuances? The, uh, well, a big part of my act then, you know, obviously was the magnifying glass and because, you know, showing, having a big reveal after the big reveal. Mm. And so most people would think that once I was, once I had done the, the micro, uh, the, the, sorry, once I had done <laughs> the magnifying glass <laughs> that uh, I would be done. But then, of course, I had an overhead projector, yeah. an analog overhead projector that I could then, you know, lay some different parts on <laughs> and they'd be projected up onto the wall. Yeah. Obviously, I'd move quite sexily whilst my bits were <laughs> sort of, you know, squished up against those bits. Mm. But then, of course, you can get one of those microscopes as well. Mm-hmm. That plugs that, into um, a, um, an overhead projector. To a thing. And... Just imagine the details that mm. you could indeed you invite um, people over to maybe even look down the microscope, even though it's projected onto the wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, but then I no, I used to do it like that before I had the projector. I yeah. used to, <laughs> to do it like that with the mi- a regular microscope, and people would come up and they would, I think they would try to get into the, into the sort of, I guess into the spirit of this strip. Yeah. And then they would try and fillet the microscope and that would like mess up the lenses. Yeah. I imagine. They'd get like, like, you know, hot, moist air in between the two lenses. And and I suppose that's probably why you stopped doing that, offering that part of the service. Yeah. Because I'm like, no, 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 this is not, you're just getting to have a look. Mm. Look with your eyes, not with your mouth. (laughs) Uh... I also think that you, you. I remember that you insisted on a very well lit strip club. A lot of them sacrifice a lot of the detail that could be, mm. you know, you could be putting sexy things in those details. In that detail, that's right. This is like, you know, with really great comedy, you never miss an opportunity to add in an extra layer of humour. So it should mm. be with sexiness, and that means you need to fill the room with light, and you're not just observing. The thing that's in the middle of the the stage, you also have stuff, sexy things going on in the background and that's the right. foreground. Well, especially lights, not just coming from above, because there's many places in the body that kind of don't really see a lot of light, and right. so therefore other people don't see them mm. very much, and so you want some floodlights coming from up above. Yeah. To 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 sort of very, illuminate the enshadowed bits. Very. Flattering lighting, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Directly then, above floodlights. <laughs> and, but then also, then there's some darkness that can't be reached with lights okay. that are outside of the body. Yes. And so that's why my final part of my show involved shining light directly out of uh, my rear hole. Mm. Terrific. And um, and that was a real light show. That was a, I mean, mostly it was just a lasers? laser pointer that I. It was just a laser pointer that I'd put in there, and I could sort of squeeze. <laughs> I used to get a lot of people in the eyes with that. But, uh, <laughs> I could squeeze. You know. 
for strafing the audience. (laughs) (laughs) The laser pointer. Everybody's diving out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, my retina! (laughs) (laughs) It's because of what I did to your microscope. Uh, yes and no. It was also a budget thing. Yeah. These, you could get these for about two bucks at a, just any sort of corner store. Well, we did it, Al. Yeah, I think that's a sketch. I think that's a sketch. <laughs> Taking stripping to the new level. Mm. Oh, boy. Um, well, I guess I better take us through um, these so-called sketch ideas for if today. If you would. Um, we've got woke nature doco narration and uh, all the other problems that are going on here. Because people just f- focus on the feasting, but there's actually a lot of um, incursions into a person's per- personal space and uh, indeed that have occurred way before the eating happens. Uh, then we have conscription other job. Ah. Um, I I didn't get specific enough, but obviously it was conscription teaching was the one, but I, it didn't feel like it was quite. What are you I mean, talking maybe, about? I think Andy, because for you teaching is horror. Yep. Um, you feel it more, but I think to the average person, they see teaching as a noble profession, as a very reasonable yeah. and <laughs> um, decent career path, <laughs> and so conscription, good job. Yeah, is a um, is a weird idea. I think the conscription general as well. You know, conscription head of the army is 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 a interesting. Yeah. Idea. Yeah, and conscription. Yeah, I get you. Conscription pope. There you go. Um. Then we got daylight savings, understanding, and solution. So then there's got all the people that come to your house and stuff like that. But I think there's going to be the build-up where it's insane and they don't understand how they why they don't understand I don't it. think there has to be the build-up. I think it's just the person arrives at your door and that's the sketch kicking off. Um, I think if there's a place for this, for it to make lots of sense, Andy, uh, in the context of a sketch without having to explain it, it could be part of a show in which you're providing... You're providing solutions already. Sounds like a show right? that we would write. And the uh, the Scandinavian Institute of Ideas. Yes, is one of those is one of those things where you can say that in this country they do this, in this region, um, and they send people because nobody can understand. Obviously, you you don't want me to even mention that that people don't understand. You just want this thing, <laughs> and. Um, and uh, don't no, don't even mention there's a problem, Alistair. Just, Alistair, just, have you ever seen a elated. sketch? Have you ever seen a sketch? People, do you know the people shit will that be elated that there's a solution. Oh my god! You ever seen a um, Monty Python then, sketch? They don't when when the Spanish Inquisition shows up at the at the at the door. They don't have a big build up where everybody's like, well, uh. I wouldn't like the Spanish Inquisition to arrive today. Here are some of the mm. details of them. Yeah, yeah. 
Sure, but is that a joke that's... Is the Spanish Inquisition there a solution to some problem? Or is it a ridiculous thing that is only funny because it's a surprise? Mine is also and, and going ridiculous. to be that. Mine is also going to be that. That's why I put them in a funny hat. <laughs> oh, I didn't... I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, you forgot. That's right. It's the big furry hat. Um, then we've got hair teeth. Mm. Which, uh, which, which for Alistair is where this show gets going. <laughs> this is where this show gets going. Hair teeth. Uh, for some reason, I picture a lot of people would just have that kind of crew cut hair mm. teeth. You got a you part know, it short... in the middle, obviously. What in the middle of the tooth, like in the in the middle of the mouth, middle of the bottom jaw? Are you picturing hair coming out of the top palate? No, don't worry about it, Al. Just around the gum. I'm just picturing it in the kind of horseshoe shape yeah, in the yeah, same that's way. What I'm that... picturing as well. You still part it. Oh, I guess like what where the teeth are, yeah. like at the front, the front yeah. teeth. Oh, yeah. Okay. I sort of see what you're saying. I guess you could part it, but it's dangling. I guess the down one you could. It's hard to part a dangling hair. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um. Then we got licking savories, which includes the. Uh, the greater tongue. Upgrade the tongue. Tongue upgrades. Um, then we've got sucking eggs as a worksite meal. <laughs> I think that the upgrading the tongue, I think we were closer with the... Oh, or is this... Have we not got to the condom on the tongue? We haven't got there yet, Andy. Okay. Then we got the taste friend. Yeah. And condom <laughs> for your tongue. Right. These are all separate ideas. I mean, somebody's sucking a dozen eggs as a meal. That's a whole sketch in itself. <laughs> a thesis could be written on where we draw the line for these ideas. Yeah. But, I mean, that is a funny idea in itself, right? You can, you know, just picture it. <laughs> One person, I guess, reacts about how awful it is, you know, and that um, that's how you know that allows comedy. the audience to yep. know that it's funny it's, and it's odd. <laughs> oh, yeah, they we could, say. We, oh. we could just put it in a whole world where everybody just does that and then, and then let the audience decide whether or not it's disgusting. <laughs> I guess you could pre-fill the eggs with milk or something like that or water. No, you got to come that way, everybody. Now. No. <laughs> and then we got stripping I reckon, with I, a magnifying glass. I reckon I glass. could design a special type of straw that is for specifically for sucking eggs. I can picture really? it right now exactly what it would look like and where it would have to have holes and plugs and that sort of thing for this to work as an idea. And then I would like to take this concept onto, a, onto like a dragon's den or something <laughs> yeah well trying to encourage them up. to suck an egg with me to suck an egg, just try it yeah you say i've already sold a million of these yeah <laughs> and oh. i think otis came up with a with a a a product tell me it's it's a small mask for your nose mm. You know how you, sometimes you're out and about and you see people who it seems like their mask doesn't fit. 
It's a you really know, good idea. Uh, properly to cover their mouth and nose. Second. And so it's a small mask, tiny little mask that you can just put over your nose to, to, to solve that problem. Really good idea. Can I just add this to my straw for uh, sucking eggs sure. idea? This is now, uh, I'm taking it into kind of like a, a vape or e-cig type territory. This is yeah. an egg cig, right? And you know how those have a, mm. just a little battery that vaporizes yeah. the whatever it is. Well, my one has a little battery that cooks the egg as you suck it. So as the <laughs> raw egg flows over the little cooking element, it gets, it gets cooked all hard. Into, a, into a kind of a scramble and then you suck hot cooked egg. So you crack an egg into the end or you shove this thing through an egg and then it's got a little oh. heater element that as you suck it up, it's all curdling and cooking there in the thing. It's incredible. That's, for, some re- for some reason that seems worse to yeah. me. But <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's, much more, it's much more practical though. <laughs> but, you know, I guess for me I just like the simplicity of it's just a guy or a gal and and just a, sh- a sharp thin object, mm. you know. Pop a, could it be do it with a pen? You could just go like that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. All right. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's so good. 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 It's so good. 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 It's so good. 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 And it's good. 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 It's good. 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 It's really good. Thank you so much for listening to in the Think Tank. Sorry I went on a bit this week. Um, you've been very good by listening to the show throughout the years. And that's why throughout this the years or is year, or if this is your first episode, one of the episodes. you were really good at making it through this one. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you for your continued support on Twitter. You can find me at Stupid Old Andy. I'm at Alistair TB. Check and we're out Team Tank. Yes. Check out Al's and Twitter. Check- he's got really, he's been doing great stuff. And check out Andy. He does great stuff. I don't, you know, I don't think I'm any more special than anybody. Uh, Although my dick, I had a, di- I did post a, a, a sweet potato with a dick vein on it. <laughs> like it's crazy to me that I, I like only a couple of weeks before had a dick vein potato that I was like, oh, I should tweet this. And like yeah. as I was trying to take the photo, I was like, no, it literally just looks like I'm taking a photo of my dick and tweeting it. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. And then when you I you know saw what, it, I had a few people. Good. Had a few people say to me, you know what, I had one of these and I wanted to post it, but then better judgment <laughs> stepped in. And I gotta say, that really helped me out. That really helped me out. The fact that it's you know, it's not as it's not as common. You don't see it as often because of the fear of others. Yeah. But you got you got a lot of retweets out of that. People obviously got, like a, got pretty got excited. Over 60. Oh yeah. Um Yeah. And so you can also support us on Patreon if you like. We just recently put up uh, a really old sketch show of ours uh, as a bonus thing uh, from last month that is from like 2011 before we were even doing the podcast. And so that's for people who are on eight bucks and get all the other um, all the other content that's in there. But that's also there to watch. Uh, and look, the quality is variable, but it's I think it's worth a try. Um, and uh, you can review us if you like. And you know what? You can just... Go out and just have a really good life. I hope where you are, they're not. Uh, the virus is under control, and uh, we love, love <laughs> you. you. <laughs> See ya. See ya. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional, you have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 